Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey, ladies, it's Jessie Silly here and the lovely Paige Scott. Good morning. How's it going? Um, We are just returning from this awesome time that we've been having together. We are in a two-year study called, what, what are they called? Time to Revive, and then the study is called Revive School. Okay, so we're in a two-year study called Revive School, and it goes through every book of the Bible. We have a reading every day that's like one to three chapters mm-hmm. and a 28-minute video. Yep. And so Paige and I, on Podcast 93, went through Genesis, the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And now we have gone through more books. So today we're going to go through Exodus and pick up where we left off. And how we go through Time to Revive, we have a word for the book that generalizes who Jesus is to us, really, in that book. Mm -hmm. And then we just go through this study. So we'll first go off and introduce an Exodus. The word for Exodus was deliverer. Yes. And last time we started by saying who our favorite character was in Mm. this book. So Paige, what's your favorite character? I actually was hoping that you would go first, oh, and I'll, then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll um, shift or join you based on what you say. I have well, a list. Well, <laughs> so. this will sound so funny because um, it's literally the first chapter, but it's totally the midwives. Yeah. So this book, I mean, Exodus is amazing. It's filled with so, so many things. And I almost wanted to choose Bezalel, which we'll get to yeah, yeah. in a minute. But, you know, it's the midwives because I don't recall... I guess, studying about them because Exodus goes into the birth of Moses in chapter two. So I guess I just overlooked it. Yeah. But my favorite is the midwives. So yeah, that's a great place to start. Yes. So in chapter one, well, at the end of Genesis, it's the death of Joseph and Joseph's reign in Egypt, which if you recall in Genesis, Mm -hmm. um, that is not the promised land that the Lord told Abraham about and through their lineage, uh, Joseph was sold into slavery, became second to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. and now these people are in Egypt. Well, it says in chapter one of Exodus that the new Pharaoh comes generations later and does not remember um, the leadership of Joseph and the reverence to God. Yeah. So the only thing that this Pharaoh cares about um, is his leadership and his kingdom. And it says that he fears, um, wants to blot out the Israelites because they are strong in number mm-hmm. and they're strong in might. So he enslaves them. And and basically it, that reminded me of what Joseph's brothers did to him because yeah. they, they saw him, said, um, you think you're greater than us. We fear you being greater than us. Mm -hmm. We're stripping you of your humanity, your clothing. Mm -hmm. And they sold him into slavery. That makes me think. I just have this note on the same topic um, in the margin of my Bible about 112. They afflicted them, and the more they multiplied. I just put there's a demonstrated fruitfulness and persecution. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's a, a physical fruitfulness. But Joseph's, what you're talking about at the end of Genesis, was a 
a favor of fruitfulness and a prosperous fruitfulness that came as a result of someone persecuting him. So that's just a side note for encouragement today, <laughs> as, as Jesse's going to dive maybe more into the midwives or, or maybe not. But um, for the believer, yes, there will be times of persecution, um, but there seems to be demonstrated fruitfulness that always accompanies persecution. And so I think that's exciting. Um, so the midwives. So what else do you want to yes, say about the midwives? The midwives. Okay. So. And just to set, so to I'll, I'll, to transition to from where Jesse just was at the end of Genesis and then um, transitioning into Exodus and looking at this word deliverer, specifically we're understanding, we're seeking to understand um, a picture of a foreshadow, a type of who Jesus as Messiah is mm-hmm. as portrayed in the Old Testament, in this book as the Deliverer. So we know, as Jesse said, God is shifting the gear to put His people back in the direction toward that promise, that covenant promise He made with Abraham. So out of Egypt, which was a temporary stopping place, 400-ish years, now they need to reroute to the promised land, and a Deliverer has to be raised up to continue that journey of promise and prosperity onward enter the midwives into the scene yes so the pharaoh is afraid and he makes the command kill off all of the babies the male babies and so he commanded these midwives to at birth basically catch the babies that were male and to kill them and the midwives it says in verse 20 21 at the end Chapter 1, verse 21, because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. So basically the midwives did not kill them. They gave excuses to Pharaoh, why not, which somewhere it was hilarious. They said that these are hardy women, these Israelite women, (laughs) and the babies were already born, so they couldn't kill them. Um, And then we know that Pharaoh says toss them into the Nile later, but the midwives feared the Lord and uh, did not go along with blotting out um, this people and what I mean just a foreshadow of just delivering that I was like yes let's go so those are my that's my favorite character and I have to make the connection from Matthew 2 with Herod when we're looking at Moses as the deliverer I mean literally Jesse's one chapter in in Exodus Mm -hmm. and we're seeing something that we learn in the first two chapters of the first gospel that during the time Jesus was born Herod is is ruling um in in part um alongside of of the Romans as well but in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 um, it says, now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother while it was still nigh, and they left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Verse 16, then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became enraged and sent a slew the all-male children who were in Bethlehem in its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi um, that they would be killed. And um, and so I just want to want to pause there and talk about that similarity that we see right off the bat mm-hmm. that um, that there was a decree for baby 
boys to be killed, to take out a generation. And I love what you said about the midwives. There's there's a Jewish teaching. Now, this is not in our canonized Bible, so I, I can't say that this is true or not true. But if you go into um, some teaching from Jewish rabbis, uh, many people believe uh, from that sect that these midwives actually were Jochebed and Miriam, Moses's mother and sister. Wow. And so if that were true, when you look at um, Exodus 1, verse 20, it says, So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became mighty. And because those midwives feared God, He established households for wow. them. So, just to think, we don't know. I maybe, mean, maybe not. Too, like if it is that He brought a deliverer out of a deliverer's household. Wow, she delivered babies, and the deliverer came out of there. And again, not unlike a picture of Mary as well, a woman that was willing to deliver a Savior into the world so that He might be our deliverer. So, we're just in chapter one here, folks. Are you ready to keep moving <laughs> Sorry. on? We've got chapters right there. <laughs> We've got. Um, well, transitioning, I think I'll I'll pick Jochebed as my, okay. and Jochebed is Moses' mother, so I'm going to hop into chapter two. Um, what I love about Jochebed, and I've taught this before, so this may not be new information to you, uh, but it, it talks about, I'll just start in two one. Now, a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. That's talking about Jochebed. The woman conceived and bore a son, and she saw that he was beautiful, and she hid him for three months. That makes, as a mom, that makes sense to like the three, they're, they're mostly nursing or sleeping mm-hmm. during that time. So as a mom, I understand that three-month time frame that maybe you'd be able to... Um, to hide the baby for that time, though I can't imagine. Verse 3, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a wicker basket, and um, and she covered it with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. And we know that ultimately, Pharaoh's daughter is going to see him. She's going to draw him out of the waters. And Moses is going to be protected um, as he's raised in, in Pharaoh's palace and even nursed by his own mother because God is so good. But what I love about this, and it's kind of the same heartbeat of the midwives, is that we often think of Moses and we think of him as this great man um, in Exodus 14-ish area where he he gets up to the Red Sea and he parts the waters by the power of, of God. God parts the waters, but but Moses is part of, of this equation. But I'm always astounded because Moses was not the first person to approach the waters in faith. It was his mom. Moses' mom, Jochebed, took that baby and Mm. put him into this body of water, trusting God to make a way where there was no way. So so Moses, when he came to to the Red Sea, um, really there was something in him, in my opinion, that that his mom had um, almost patented in in him in that he was a baby that was surrendered early in the same act of faith, putting him into a body of water and trusting God to make a way where there was no way. So again, whether it's the midwives or whether it's Jochebed, I feel like just want to shout out to these women mm-hmm. who played these life-saving, behind-the-scenes roles so that the deliverer could come to a nation. And just to encourage you today, if you feel unseen in your ministry, if you're not on a platform and you're at home with your children, it do not condemn yourself or feel inferior for that because um, 
the the rest of the Exodus story comes about because these women were used of God to be brave and it made a way for a nation to mm-hmm. go into promise. So you're shaping nations, you're shaping generations by doing the brave and unseen water parting, basket dropping, baby <laughs> delivering things. And God is going to make you fruitful and establish your household. Yeah. Yeah. The end. The end. Okay. <laughs> so so my other options were um, Moses, so <laughs> every oh, character, good. but I figure we're going to get to him in another. He's going to be around uh, for a couple, a couple more, more books. books. Yeah. And then, um, and the Lord is the Lord was also mm, like yes. a, an option because we see a lot of new things about the Lord as we read this book. He reveals himself in a lot of new ways beyond just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob. So I bet we'll dive into that more. So where do you want to go next, Jesse? Well, honestly, on this first page, I I just, (laughs) the first two chapters, it's just this feeling now. I I just want to talk about this feeling of Pharaoh opposing Israel. Uh, Only just as we set up this picture and before they get delivered, there is just something that has shaken me to my core as mm. as Israel grew in favor and number, even though they were enslaved, yeah. and Pharaoh grew in brick and mortar, and yeah. he enslaved them to do that. So there's just something in my mind that is shifting of, mm. um, am I seeking my own devices? Mm. And do, do I stop seeing humans for who they are and being the blessing, being yeah. the generations, being, being the seed bearers of God's kingdom? Or, or do I... St- do I stop looking at them that way and start seeing them as slaves uh, to my own devices? Do I seek people to get my way or to advance my kingdom in my sight and my brick and mortars and my business and my family name, but neglect them? And just this powerful, they are enslaved. We're about to see God deliver them. Um, but ev- everything Pharaoh fears falls and, and e- even even at church, asking or being in this women's ministry that mm-hmm. we are part of at Entourage, yeah. whenever we're just so volunteer-led and mm-hmm. I see the picture in my mind of what our gatherings look like or how mm-hmm. I run the garden, do I see these people who are serving as human beings that are serving to advance the Lord's image of what of what He has in His kingdom? Or I ju- do I just look at what my image is in my mind and I just dehumanize them and say, do this um, and disregard them. It, it was, it's just, um, yeah, it's just transforming my mind of how I view people. A- yeah. Am I prideful and selfish or do I really lay down what the Lord has for me, what the Lord has for them? And, yeah. and I see that a lot in my family. What do I want things out of people or do I really respect that they are his creation yeah. too? I think that goes back to having a renewed mind constantly and yeah. and and that's just a good pause for all of us to think are we building what God is building like sure we we'll grow hundreds of bouquets of flowers and yes we'll have um many minutes of of worship and teaching in our our gatherings but are we building congruently with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that question just applies across, across everything in our, um, in our town, there's a, a particularly large industry too that come to mind. 
and the just our our growing industries. Um, one is growing like in multiple locations and and in density, and one is growing upward. And I am always kind of intrigued when I drive by these, and I think that is the largest growing things, like the most prominently growing industries and projects in our area. And I feel challenged to think, no, like I trust that God's church is growing even like larger than what I can see of these brick and mortar buildings. But anyway, we're kind of like going on a a, a tangent, but, but it's a good, it's good to come back, like to say, as we are doing things in the name of the Lord, like making sure that we are building, we're partnering to build what He's building, not just what we think like He's building. And and part of that is, Mm -hmm. yeah, and honoring people and honoring life. And I think that we see that later on um, with when He brings His people out of Egypt and how they are regarded, like how they are to treat their slaves, how that Mm -hmm. comes in on the year of Jubilee, how people aren't to go empty-handed and Mm -hmm. people are to receive Sabbaths and things. And so there's just... Yeah, there's just a good honor check in that too. Yeah, um, Hebrews, Hebrews 3 3 even says in the likeness of Moses that the builder has more honor than the building. Yeah. And, and I just think whenever that vanity comes in, it's just so easy to dehumanize somebody out of fear of their now competition. And I and I just want to strip myself of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're getting, we're getting real next, with you here. Next. Okay, <laughs> what's next? What do you got, Paige? So since we're just over here by, uh, since we're just on Exodus 3, don't worry, we're not going to get through every chapter, (laughs) but these are like, Exodus 3, kind of like Genesis 3, Mm -hmm. is a, um, it's a grounding chapter, and um, and I feel like it's one that you have to look at in the context of the rest of the book, and this is uh, the passage of the burning bush. So we shared with you that Moses was rescued out of the Nile River after his brave mother, Jochebed, uh, put him in there, Pharaoh's daughter, raised him in the palace. And then there was a time where um, he decided to go out and be among his people, the Hebrews. And there was a murder that that happened. He acted in the flesh, and then it sent him into the wilderness on the run. This is not the wilderness, like on the way to the promised land. This is pre-promised land preparation wilderness. So in Exodus 3, we um, we see that God is going to reveal himself to Moses through the burning bush. And so it says in 3 verse 1, Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. So just to note, a lot of times when we see the angel of the Lord appeared to him, um, that is often a manifestation of of the pre-incarnate Christ. Not always, but but often in the Old Testament it is, and such is the case here. So it came to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. Verse 4, but when God saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And so I love this revelation of God as a a consuming fire, yet a fire. There was a grace in this moment that he was not consuming this bush, and there's a grace for him to hear the voice of, of the Lord. So we are we are seeing this relationship of God and fire. We are seeing this relationship of God um, 
introducing himself in depth to his people. And it's just something that I want to note here because we're going to see this theme of fire um, throughout all of Scripture, but more in Exodus as well. So I just wanted to to, to note on on that. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Jesse? Uh I th- I think that it is powerful to note that Moses yielded himself to that. Yep. Um, because um, Pharaoh didn't, and after all of the plagues, so a- so after the burning bush, uh, Moses is sent, and and also goes with Aaron to be his mouthpiece. But Moses still comes, and and they have all the plagues, and it's so interesting to me that a lot of them come <laughs> are about the Nile with the Nile, which which is where the male mm-hmm. babies were which mm-hmm. is where Moses did, was redeemed yeah. from by being carried through that water. And and so at the end uh, of the last plague, which was the firstborn, the Passover. Mm-hmm. So it says the death angel, or however your Bible says it, um, passes over, and there is blood of a sacrificed animal on the lintel, lint, mm-hmm. lintel. Yeah posts of the front door and whoever does not have the sacrifice blood, um, the firstborn son will be taken. And that was the last straw that broke Pharaoh because he lost his son. Mm -hmm. And um, so here we are. What he, what Pharaoh feared the most was losing his fortune and his power, which he was still Pharaoh, but it said that the Israelites plundered, Mm-hmm. Um, all of the wealth from Egypt before mm-hmm. they left. And yeah. God said, do not, you don't have time to leaven your bread. You must be ready for battle, he said. Yeah. And you must be ready to go. So they left and Pharaoh's heart um, was softened to do that. But God sent the Israelites now uh, in a different route towards the Red Sea. So God visually, physically put Israel in a place of weakness where they were trapped now between Pharaoh's army that is still mighty and and the Red Sea, which means they literally were trapped. And it says that God's presence was there Mm -hmm. that Moses yielded to and feared, but Pharaoh did not. And it said, Pharaoh hardened his heart again. And I just say that because even though God was visually there, if you disregard God, Mm-hmm. And whoever is yielding to him, you will only see what your eyes see. And all he saw was the Israelites trapped yeah, um, between the Red Sea and him. And God was making a way for the Israelites. Yes. But Pharaoh saw the weakness and yes. he was ready to attack it. And so yeah, a lot of times, even just talking out of vanity, where my heart is, um, where do I disregard um, God? Because I can physically physically see I'm stronger and it's easier to attack a weak person or who sees me as weaker than them, but disregards God in me. It's, it's, yeah, I guess another heart check of, do I understand and which we'll see later that me plus nothing will get me nowhere, but me plus God can do, you can do anything. Yeah, that's right. I, um, I love what you talk about, um, about Moses yielding 
and mm-hmm. um, that it said that the Lord was really testing him in yeah. Exodus 3. And it says, when he saw that he turned away, then he called to him. And so we have this little visual of a burning bush. But then when we get to this place that you're describing where Pharaoh is in pursuit, mm-hmm. it says that God is leading the people. This is in Exodus 13, 21 and 22. It says, the Lord was going before them in a pillar a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, in a mm-hmm. pillar of fire by night to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So just like... Just like that little bush that was on fire, whatever size the bush was, the single bush that was a little bitty bush, little baby bush, um, the bush, the single bush that was on fire that yeah. caught Moses' attention was was Moses willing to gaze at and to look at what he didn't understand and to be instructed by it? Because if he wouldn't have done that, then they probably, at least not through Moses' leadership, would not have come to this place of being led corporately by this same this same all-consuming fire that's showing up to give them light in the night. So just, again, to bring this into a personal exhortation and encouragement, like don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the Lord showing up in single bush moments with you because you don't know where there are whole whole pillars of, of fire and cloud that He wants to use to light up a pathway to bring people out of total destruction, total darkness, but He tests us to see if we will look away and to gaze upon and to respond to that which we don't understand. So in this case, check, check. Moses passed. Yep. And what are the three words he said that I love? Here I am. Here yes. I am. Yes. No, you've got to record that episode. Yes. Sometime. And I noted that in um, episode 93, but just it just feels like the conquering of being in the garden when Adam and Eve could not say, here I am, because the sin devastated them and they hid themselves. Yes. But Moses says, at, where the Lord's presence is, at the burning bush, here I am. Yes. And it, I just, is there anything sweeter to yeah. say to the Lord? No. I just don't know. <laughs> and of course, we've corporately been in Isaiah 6 recently, and so let's just yeah. bring that to mind with Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send send me. Um Okay, I have to share, Jesse, about um, yep, Exodus 4. Yeah. And this is right after <laughs> so Exodus 3, we have the burning bush encounter. Then we have the mission of Moses where God commissions him to like deliver all these people, the same people that he has ran from. Mm-hmm. Um, how often is that the case, that the places that we've run from, the Lord sends us back to, but in His grace and anointed to do what we could not do there before in our own strength. But in Moses 4, in Moses 4, (laughs) sound like Debbie, (laughs) my mom, (laughs) she called Exodus Moses the other day. Okay, Moses 4, um, verse 1, I want to read this. (laughs) Exodus 4, oh my gosh, okay, Exodus 4, Um, Holy Spirit help me. Then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Now remember, Moses has been out in the wilderness and tending to the, the flocks of his father-in-law. You also often see with the patriarchs that God's people are their shepherds, their shepherding people. Again, it's pointing to Jesus as our great shepherd. So what's that in your hand? And he said, a staff, verse 3. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. And um, verse four, but the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and pick it up by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared before you. 
And so I wrote this in my, my notes in my, my Bible, and it says, the shepherd handles the snake. What a visual of Genesis 3, an anchoring passage we talked about last time, and the her seed, his seed duo. Mm-hmm. I love that through, uh, that through this, the Lord calls him to pick up that snake victoriously that a people might believe. And and again, that just the passage that I'm referencing in Genesis 3, um, it, it's talking about um, crushing the head of the snake, that the seed of the woman would come and crush uh, the head of the snake. And so I love this picture of, of Moses having something in his hand, of, uh, of being terrified of it and throwing it down. And then the Lord instructing him to pick it back up and, and to recognize that what God was going to do with it was going to become a sign. And so I just want to encourage you all, and I encouraged our ministry team and board with this, like what are the things in our hand that, that, the, that God's put in our hand that He um, He has put a dominion and that we have dominion, we have authority over the seed of the serpent in, in Christ uh, but what are the things that we've thrown back down and wanted to run from, mm-hmm. but that God is telling us to pick back up because that's the very thing that He wants to use to demonstrate His power to someone else? Yes. So, side note, that was one of my side takeaways note. from early, the early part of Exodus. Side note, let's all spend about an hour <laughs> scratching the surface on what those things are and then come back. Yes. Uh, but also, too, just the fact that Moses says, what if they don't believe me? That is so true because you're having a spiritual encounter and then you go into a physical world and you say, what do I do with this? Yeah. And, and that is true. Uh, I mean, people want miracles. You hear that. And then, but can we handle a miracle? Because that is supernatural. Can yeah. you explain it? Can people even um, understand or wrap their head around what you experience if all you have is your experience? Yes. And here Moses is saying, how do how do I physically tell anybody what is spiritually happening right now? And yeah. then God gives him the staff. Yes. And yeah. That and that reminds me of in the New Testament where like the the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Jewish sect are always asking Jesus for a sign. Yeah. And he's like and usually they ask him right after a couple of miracles have been performed. Mm-hmm. Give us a sign. Give us a sign. Give us a sign. But it's that same thing of always seeing but never like understanding, yes. always hearing but never grasping. Like in, in what an important question, Jesse. How do we take a spiritual encounter into a physical world? Mm-hmm. And it is it is with a renewed mind and it is with the purification of like gazing at that all-consuming fire and just letting God take care of the rest. But yeah, our understanding is never going to be the bridge between the spiritual encounter and the physical world. And I mean, we can make fun of Moses too for asking, but now we ask, we have that spiritual encounter. How do I do this, Lord? And he equipped him. Yep. We can't skip those steps. Yeah. Okay. The only thing I have next would be literally Exodus 33. So do you want Let's go there. Okay. Let's do it. So in the while she's flipping to Exodus 33, so the people have been brought out. Um, They succeeded in getting through the Red Sea, and they've really been a pain in the rear end, so to speak. Just the the people, the nation of Israel, they've been reluctant. They've been sluggish. They've wanted to go back. They've wanted to die. Mm -hmm. They have not been um, super grateful recipients of their ongoing deliverance. So, um, but yet Moses is their leader. 
their deliverer, and God also is building a priesthood around him and sort of a a, a structure about how he can dwell with these people mm-hmm. without taking them all out in his holiness because of their sin and their naughtiness. And so we're coming into a scene where Moses is like, he's okay. Because God actually said he's going to leave them at this point. So it's actually this intercession that Moses has as talking about that foreshadow and that type of Jesus is he is the one interceding on the behalf of God's people, but actually with God's heart, he's wrestling with this, which sounds weird. Like God wouldn't want them, but really, it's just showing you what Jesus does for us. But here we are. Moses intercedes for these people. God said, I'm not going with you. And and I'm interested to know what you have to say, Paige. But in verse 15, Moses tells the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Yeah. And I just love that. to know, Amen. To know that if God doesn't go with them, they are nothing. They have mm-hmm. nothing. They might as well go back. And talk and why I said um, Israel is like Pharaoh's because he didn't yield to the Lord's presence and they're not yielding to the mm-hmm. Lord's presence. Absolutely, they can't do it in their own power. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, you have to cross that threshold between what yeah. you can physically see in this world to spiritually, supernaturally trusting that the Lord covers, does all. And you have to be rooted in what he always says, remember me. Remember what I did. I delivered you yeah. out of Egypt. And from there, um, we walk this out. Yes. And so I just absolutely love that M- Moses is so understanding that he does not, he's not going to go anywhere unless God's presence is with him. And God is so pleased with that. Yes. Um, verse 16, for how then can it be known that I've found favor in your sight and I'm your and I and your people, is it not your going with us so that we and I, your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, verse 17, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. And in this sweet, sweet time with the Lord and Moses, Moses says, I pray you show me your glory. Yes. And and this is where Moses gets to experience the, the presence of the Lord. And Paige talked about this last Tuesday. We'll have to get Paige and Debbie on here to um, talk about Isaiah 6 and um, why this relates to that. Uh, but this is that moment that a lot of you may know where the Lord's glory passes by Moses. Mm-hmm. Um Verse 21, behold, there is a place by me. You shall stand there on the rock and it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand Mm -hmm. until I have passed by. Mm -hmm. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And this is pivotal for me. And, Mm -hmm. And going into Leviticus, which I'll explain when we get to Leviticus, but just forsaking everything else so that we might be in his presence and know his glory is what all of this is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, this like Exodus three is an anchor for, yeah. um, the, not just Exodus, but the Torah, the Torah and, and yeah. the old Testament alike, because, um, God goes on in 34 to introduce himself, to explain more about his name. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, before he tells Moses, I am who I am, when, when he asks about um, what he should call God. But then God introduces himself in, in 34, 6, as the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. He keeps loving kindness for thousands. He forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And, um, and, and of course, he goes on to, to say some other things about, about himself. But I think it's so important. And I think this is a good segue as we prepare to um, wrap up Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everyone to remember as we go later into numbers about this rock, that mm-hmm. he wants to see God and know God, um, yet there is only this particular place on the rock that God is going to put him and cover him with his hand so that he can experience a measure of him and live in understanding that that rock is symbolic of Jesus. We are, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and Jesus Christ is the rock, and we are seated in him. And so we have a picture of what it looks like of of being um, delivered in Christ to have a relationship with God and covenant that is experiencing the goodness of God in this life. And so it's just, it's powerful to meditate on, and I won't go into any more right here, but um, it's just, it's beautiful. It is that secret place that we still go to, um, that we're called to to go to um, the place in Christ where we abide with Him and we experience the goodness and the glory of the Lord as mm-hmm. He passes by us that we might live. Um, is there any last-minute regards you want before we close this book? Um, I think I'd just note that some things that we learn um, also in Exodus that we're going to see throughout the rest of the uh, scriptures is that these people are identified, the Israelites are identified as treasured possession as a holy um, nation, as chosen, and as a kingdom of priests. And we mm-hmm. see that fulfilled in the new covenant as well. And we'll see logistically Moses as deliverer, as leader, working out these things to fruition so that these people begin to rightly live in this identity and this privilege and this calling mm-hmm. of which Jesus as our deliverer helps us step into those same identities. So just... Um, kind of bookending Exodus by noting yes, noting that. So as we will transition, we'll stop here, get ready to transition into Exodus, but... Um, into Leviticus. Um, um, yeah, excuse me, Leviticus. Yeah. Um, and I, yes, and we do link oh, this study that we're doing, Revive School, um, in the notes, in the page notes, so you can know that. And I mean, even 3428. The Lord, he was there with the Lord 40 days, 40 nights. He did not eat bread or drink water. And he wrote on the tablets, words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And then again, uh, Moses understands man doesn't live by bread alone. And that is what Jesus says in Matthew mm-hmm. 4, 4. There's so many things of the Lord's heart that goes from the old to the new. And um, it is so rich and it is so good. So I hope that this kind of helps demystify too some of those lies that you just can't understand or relate to the old testament and we are just so excited to keep going so we will see you next in leviticus um i'll press out real quick lord we thank you jesus christ that you are our redeemer you are our deliverer that um you painted a picture with moses 
God, of the ministry that you perform on our behalf as intercessor, as yielding to the Father, as uh, bringing us into covenant and into goodness and out of slavery and into promise, God. Um, thank you so much for this picture that we see in part. And I just ask for any veil that be uh, covering our eyes um, of 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 really creating a blockage between that spiritual and that physical that we've talked about, that it be removed um, by your grace and by the anointing of, of your spirit inside of us. Thank you, Jesus, our deliverer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 